Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Solar Report Podcast. My name is John, and I am the host of the Solar Report Podcast. And I am joined by my cohort in crime, the maestro of the microphone. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Matthew the Paulissi. What the hell this week, man? What is going on? It's This was a Quite very... Quite week. Yes, week yeah. 15 in the NBA and for the Phoenix Suns uh, was an emotional week. I mean, it was a hell of a week. It was. It was a tough one to watch basketball, too. Um, just a lot of stuff. A lot of uh, tragedies and disappointments this week. Yeah. When we look back at week 15 of the 2019 and 2020 season, you know, it will be a somber memory of some things that occurred outside of our organization and some disappointing things that occurred inside our organization. So I definitely think that we have both earned the right to crack open a beer. You want to crack one open with me? Yeah. Let's, let's do, do that, this man. thing. Talk about the Phoenix Suns week 15. So, week 15 for the Phoenix Suns saw the team go one and two on the week, which now puts us at, at 20 and 28 on the year and the 11th seed in the Western Conference. We still have 34 games left on the year, but much akin to the disappointment we felt when Devin Booker was snubbed from the All-Star game, it feels like it's going to be a non-playoff appearance for the Suns. And I feel that as we discuss this week, we will talk about a couple games and a couple opportunities in which the disappointment feels like it's going to kind of continue to go beyond just week 15. You know, maybe it's just recency bias after watching the Oklahoma City Thunder game last night. Uh, but before we get to those games... I just want to hear your thoughts on the passing of Kobe Bryant. So the the only thing I can think of too that's I mean this is terrible, but the only good thing I can tell from around the league that's what's happening, um, taken from this tragedy is just players give a fuck now about playing basketball because we went through a whole three or four years of players, you know, not taking the season seriously, waiting for the playoffs. Every game during the season doesn't matter. They'll take superstars in this league are taking games off. And I think now that this has happened, people remember the mama mentality and not to be cheesy, but everyone's like honing that their selves, just that mentality that Kobe had to where every game mattered, even the all-star game mattered to Kobe to play hard. So the only good thing from this, I feel like is players are just wanting to give a freak about playing basketball again. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh no. Totally. Yeah. So, but otherwise, I mean, that was terrible. I remember Sunday, I mean, we'll go into the Memphis game, but Sunday was tough. I, I spent the whole day in bed. It was really weird because when, when I first realized it happened, I, of course, thought it was a joke, but just a weird feeling, and I just couldn't get out of bed without being upset. So I just laid in bed and then watched the Suns game. Didn't take notes. Didn't really care. I mean, I still got upset because the Suns lost, but just watching it was a very weird feeling, dude, especially seeing Booker and the whole team. Booker just in tears almost the whole game, it seemed like. So that was definitely really, really weird to watch. Yeah, as the week has gone on and I've talked to different people about what this moment meant, uh, you actually text me to let me know initially that it had happened. Of course, I pop right onto Twitter to just see if there's any merit to what you had said. And then as it all starts to come together, as we look about look at that moment less than a week ago, it's kind of like, and this is what some people have told me, it's kind of like JFK getting shot. It's one of those moments where you remember where you were, mm -hmm. who told you, how you reacted, and just kind of a somber feeling. And it's it's interesting 
to have that occur for an athlete. When it comes to political figures or it comes to, I talked about on the podcast that I put out on Sunday night about like Princess Diana, you know, Mm -hmm. these were people who weren't people that we idolized from an athletic standpoint, but we respected and, and idolized for their political views or, or the way that they affected the world. And Kobe Bryant did just that. He affected the world with the Mamba mentality, with the his grind. He was not a guy who ever took, like you said, an all-star game off. He never took a practice off. I'm glad that you said that. That does shed a little light on the tragedy that did occur, is you are seeing that across the NBA. Guys aren't putting it, just coming to the gym and, and putting in a half-ass day's work. They're out mm-hmm. there grinding. They're trying to, to channel their own Mamba mentality. And to your point, you know, I you told me I was in my kitchen. I went for a two-hour hike like right after we planned to yeah. go to a hike. So I was just walking through the desert in Arizona yeah. on a beautiful 70-degree January day just thinking about it. And that was kind of a cathartic experience for myself. And we'll all, everybody will have those, those stories. You know, we didn't know Kobe personally. The people who did, every person has a story of him reaching out and, mm-hmm. and, and showcasing his love and affection for them and his care. And I just think that's all we can do is continue to care. Uh, but, yeah. it, but it was tough that day for the NBA players to care. You look yeah. at that night, the Grizzlies ended up playing the Suns, and it felt like they shouldn't have played. No, they they probably shouldn't have, but the only thing is, like I was listening to Bill Simmons and Jay Adonde was on there, and they were talking about just the Clippers and Lakers, they, they suspended their game. But it's so hard to reschedule it, a game yes. in the NBA to where it makes it impossible. But, I mean, once the players were on the court, you can see how they were just really focused on the game and it kind of took their mind away. That's a good thing. I mean, that yeah, was the only good thing that came from That's an escape it. for them. But then you see, like, the superstars going out. Like, even Kyrie goes out and scores 50 the other night mm-hmm. or last night. And I don't think you'll hear anything about from him about the game and how, you know, like, his comments always throughout the season are just... Like odd. Uh, this, yeah, it's just odd, and you know, it's entertainment business, and he's not taking it seriously. A lot of players don't, and you're gonna see a big change in that, I think. And that's the only good thing, like I said, that's gonna come from this. But dude, the games, I feel like I wanted to watch the Suns, but I didn't. So either way, I was just like, I'll still watch them, but it still was just such a depressing day, and it's just a weird day. And even right now, it's just still, it's kind of unbelievable that he's still dead. Yeah, every it's time I see, like I watched the Lakers tribute last night, and you're just yeah. like, dude, fucking Kobe Bryant. Like, I know, I know. You know, that's man. the one thing I kind of keep revisiting in my mind, like, dude, it's Kobe fucking Bryant, you know, and all yeah. the other, and, and the eight other people who died on that helicopter crash, oh, too. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, well, yeah. it's, it's And like sad. with his with his daughter, and like the, even the other kids on there too, like that was really what yeah. was really tough. Because it's like Kobe and then like his daughter and... His legacy like, yeah, was her. Tough. So uh, you look at the game against the Grizzlies, the Suns did lose 114 to 109. And it was a sloppy game. You could tell that the players weren't fully engaged. Their minds were somewhere else. I mean, the Grizzlies turned the ball over a lot in this game, uh, 26 times. And the Suns really couldn't execute in this game. They had 26 turnovers, and the Suns only scored 26 points off of those turnovers. Mm-hmm. And when you lose a game by five points, you go, okay, there was plenty of opportunity to execute. Um, Dylan Brooks, I got to talk about this guy. You, you know who Dylan Brooks is, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, Where's we, number 24? We were, to, we were supposedly supposed to give him in like the Kelly Oubre trade. Correct. But we didn't. I was excited to get him because yeah. I've always liked him ever since he played in Oregon. Well, here's my thing with Dylan Brooks. Does he scream every time he shoots? Does he scream? Yeah. Every oh, time he know. shoots or like every jump shot or drive, he's screaming like he's being chased by a, a serial killer. 
Oh, I didn't notice. Oh, no, oh. I noticed. Every time he went down the lane, ah! Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you meant just like shooting and, and jump shots. And jump shots, same thing. If oh, a guy's really? on him, ah! You know, yeah. it's just, I get what he's doing. He's trying to bait the refs uh-huh. into getting a call. The same thing, like anytime everybody looks cross-eyed at James Harden, he just throws his head back in mm-hmm. an effort to try to gain a call. Yeah. But it's just, it was really annoying because he'd be like wide open. Kelly Oubre would come put his hand up in his face and he'd scream. Yeah. And thankfully he wasn't getting all the foul calls. But I'm like, every time this guy has the ball yeah he's screaming like a serial killer's chasing him i just wish the killer would get him already like put us out of our misery watching this guy yeah for some reason it kills us i don't know what it is <laughs> he's just one of those players man. he did and he only scored 20 points in this game yeah so he didn't kill us as much as he did in the first game but again you know the turnovers are the thing i'm going to continue to come back to we really had a chance to gain a lead on this team we were down 15 really early in the game and the team came right back and and showcased again their character for being a resilient team but they just couldn't they couldn't execute when they needed mm-hmm. to i don't know if you knew this but the suns are fourth in the league in forcing turnovers oh i didn't they i know i know we have a lot of length on the team and, yes but i didn't know that. off those turnovers you need to execute you know booker teary-eyed booker poor booker mm-hmm. out there playing his heart out uh scored what 36 in this one yeah and it was nice to see kelly back in the groove because he dropped 27 but it wasn't really an efficient 27. He went 8 for 19 from the field, 2 from 5 from deep, and 9 from 10 from the line. What are your thoughts on Kelly as of late? As of late? He doesn't really fit into the mold of like being inconsistent like DeAndre or most of the players. He had a stretch where he wasn't doing much. Um, I think there was more of just like, I don't know if there was an injury or what, but he was just missing a lot of shots. But he has to get back to his game to where I even wrote down his ISO game is really, really bad. Yes. Whenever he takes a player one-on-one to the hole, he runs straight into him every time. He doesn't have the Euro step like most players do to where he can get around. He tries his best, but for some reason, he still runs straight into the defender. Yeah. So what I always love, and he's the clutchest, even the last game against, um, last night against the Thunder, he's the clutchest three-point shooter in Suns history. He has to be. He's hitting every three possible to win or get his team back in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is with him, I love his little mid-range stop-and-pop shots. Yes. And I say this all the time, and every time he takes that, I'm always like, nice, and he makes it. Because that's his shot. It's just like when Booker gets to his spot, you know it's going in. That's the same thing with Kelly. He's getting to his spots. And for some reason, if he's trying to do the Euro step or trying to get around defenders to get to the hole, it just doesn't ex- – he can't execute it. Yeah, I don't know it, what it it's is. It's either like an offensive foul or he throws up a layup. That's yeah. Just, it deserves- and you think with his length – he'd be able to kind of sidestep into a Euro step. That's what I'm saying, But he yeah. just doesn't have that but skill down yet. I feel like I've seen videos of him trying to work on it in the offseason. Maybe it'll just take more time. But also, too, with the way I look at Kelly is we always talk about Booker being the third best player on a championships team. Mm-hmm. I feel like Kelly is our third best player on this team. And it's up to DeAndre to take the second spot. But Kelly can only do so much. His He can have the stats and he can have the big shots, but... In the defensive play, he plays really well defensively, but there's just other things like he can't bring to the team or he can't be the second best player on this team. So No, it needs to be DA. It, it needs a doubt. to be, yeah. And Kelly needs to be that complimentary player, which I think he has been for the most part this season. He's done a good job doing that. You look at DA in this game, he had seventeen points and fifteen boards. So, yeah. so another consistent game from DeAndre Aiden. One thing I did enjoy during the game is when deandre ayton kind of went to the hole and threw down a dunk ej was like please do that every time yes and that's i agree EJ. well he's learning that yes 
Yeah. Please do that every time. Because it makes a difference. You can. You can go through people. And the weird thing about that, sorry, really quick, uh, with EJ, he's always just said two points is two points, just lay the ball up. Oh, yeah. But he knows that DeAndre needs to get those dunks for, to get him going and the rest of the team going. Exactly. To bring that energy. It, exactly. It brings yeah. an energy when he starts dunking it down. I will say I was impressed with C4 again. He played 18 minutes and was just pesky on defense. While he was playing defense, he only gave up four points, forced five turnovers, and had three steals. So again, Javon Carter's probably not a guy who you're going to put out there for 30 minutes because that would be ridiculous. But 18 minutes, going up against John Morant, kind of switching Mm -hmm. between Bridges and Carter on Morant really assisted in holding Morant in check for the majority of the game. Yeah. The issue we had was in the fourth quarter with John Morant. He killed us. He had 14 in the fourth, four assists, and four for five from the line. And there's no doubt when you watch John Morant that he's a future all-star. And what sucks about that, that's another guard in the West that's going to continue to make it hard for Booker to get into the all-star game. Yeah. Like every great guard plays in the West, I feel. And I don't know if you want to get into it now just a little bit about the whole... Um, set up with the all-star game because what you have to do is you have to have the three fours or the three uh, front court players yes. as a reserve. And I talked about it before. That's the only thing that's going to kill Booker because a lot of play, a lot of people that had Booker on their, on their ballot for like all-star reserve, mm-hmm. they didn't have the three front court players on there. They just had like all guards and one front court player. Yeah. Which you can't do. Yeah. Which you can't do. So the, I feel like they're going to have to change that because there's going to be so many players that are going to get snubbed besides Booker because of the West and how good the guard play is going to be when Steph and Clay get back. Well, it scares me. It's like, do you ever think that in about, let's say it's three years from now, two years from now, okay, it's 2022, it's the all-star game, and Booker, who's having a good year for the Suns, doesn't make it. Mm-hmm. Do you think in the back of his head, he's like, dude, I just need to go East? I'm sure he thinks that now. Yeah. But the thing, too, to go back to the Kobe thing, is where... It's a different road for Booker to start him. It really is because a, a mid-round pick with the skills of Kobe Bryant, someone that really was under the radar a lot of the times, but he's gotten so many reps with the Suns during terrible years to where he's where he is because he's gotten those reps to where the games never mattered. So he can practice so much on what he wants to do on the floor. So now that he has that and the Suns still aren't above 500, it's kind of weird to not I know this is kind of going against what I believe but it's kind of weird to not have Chris Paul I know like Chris Paul in this last game against the Suns he was he was good I mean he got the team to win but the other guards on there are so great and I think even Shea Gilders he's going to be someone in the future yep so maybe he needs to go east but the thing is Booker needs to know like if he goes somewhere else and if something else happens where other players get traded there then maybe he doesn't get in there. So if you're going to keep trying to bounce around, it might not go the right way unless you just stay at one spot and work as hard as you can to get where you want to go. But that's just me saying that. Well, hopefully that's what Booker's thinking too. Again, I mean, we're we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but I think that, I mean, the, the young talent in this NBA that's coming in is just so good. And yeah. you just, for the same reason that Chris Paul got in this year is why I want... Booker to start getting in for a couple of seasons. Because if Booker can get into the All-Star game, all of a sudden he can become a perennial All-Star. He puts up the stats. He carries a team. And then he can become a perennial All-Star. So if it comes down to new young guy or old veteran who's been in seven, eight, nine, I mean, this was Chris Paul's 10th All-Star game selection. Yeah. He didn't deserve to be there. No, he didn't. Devin Booker deserves to be there instead. But because he's a perennial All-Star and he's playing on a winning team, because winning matters, I guess, when it 
benefits your argument. That's why he got in. The thing is with Chris Paul, man, and playing the OKC, they haven't had a losing season in like 12 years. Oh, yeah. To eight to nine years. Since, no, they've had a sustained success. Yeah, since their first season, they've been above 500. They've always been to the playoffs. Like, they're consistently winning. They have a consistent coach there for five years. Mm-hmm. And Dylan, Bro- or Dylan Brooks, and is it Scott Bill, Brooks? B- Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan. That's their, yeah, sorry. And Billy Donovan, that just has, it's like a core. Just the winning core is already there. The Suns don't have that. We're trying to get that. Yes. That's why I'm like, as a commissioner in the NBA, you know this is all fixed. He's pulling the strings of who gets in the All-Star game. I just That's what I believe. So if you want your, the NBA to be better, get that player from the Suns in a smaller market, even though I think we're growing, into the All-Star game. Because we're trying to get to the next step, and we can't unless we get our players in the All-Star game. That will have them want to succeed for the next step. Playoffs, you know, and I think Booker this year, too, is going to be hopefully an All-NBA team player. And then hopefully he doesn't get snubbed from that, but that's something he can reach now. Well, that's tough though, because if you look at the All NBA team, it's six guards. Yeah, and you know, two first team, two second team, all two third team. Yeah, and I mean, he can't even make the All Star game. But the thing is, in the East, the guards aren't as good as the, what it is in the West. Like True. I said, you had Trey Young starting, and then you had Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker. So Kemba Walker is probably the best guard in the East right now. Like that's it. And I think Booker himself with stats, and hopefully the Suns can reach 500, that'll help him get there. But I don't even want to do that because this yeah, is what we'll, I did earlier in the season. So we'll, we'll talk all NBA guys once we get closer to the end of the season. But I can see a path for him maybe getting a third team, but I think it'd be really hard again given what uh, yeah. he can't even make a freaking all-star team. Yeah. Uh, real quick, just to end the Grizzlies-Suns game. Uh, it was a close game throughout. What ultimately killed the Suns was the points in the paint and the shooting. The Suns yeah. had 38 points in the paint. Memphis had 66. Suns shot 38%. Memphis shot 52.4. So, you know, again, they only lost by five. They had a lot of turnovers. They had a lot of opportunities, and they just couldn't execute. And it's like, hmm, where have I heard that before? Yeah. Uh, the next game was on Tuesday night, and this was uh, the Bobra starting five finally made its first appearance. Yes. Bobra, that's Booker, Ubre, Bridges, Rubio, and Ayton. What do you think of this lineup? This is what everybody ever always wanted. Yeah. Because we talked about the way they close games is this lineup. It's the best, most efficient lineup. And they finally just did it. And I don't know what took so long, but it's like, <laughs> like, oh, what are we going to try to do matchups here? But I always, I love having these five players and I love them getting a lot of minutes because it's our best players. And we, we won 62 games as a Suns team before, 56 games, whatever, back when we were good with playing seven players on the court the whole game. Yeah. So it's like, get your best players out there as much as you can. I don't care about the matchups. There's no more matchups in this league, I feel like, when it comes to a starting lineup. Or you should force your matchups on the other team versus trying to adjust you gotta play, to theirs. You got to play your game. Exactly. Yes. Great point, man. And I think that with Bridges out there at the four, you really just have more athleticism. You do. Dario Saric is, as we've talked about time and time again, is a good player. He's a hustle player. He has a lot of heart. Yeah. Hell, I wrote an article for Valley of the Suns this past week about the key to unlocking Dario Saric and how he needs to really, as we talk about on the podcast, focus on his mid-range game. But when you put Bridges in there, it's a whole different mentality. It's a defensive mentality. It's an athletic mentality. And right off the bat, I mean, they came out firing against Dallas. They yeah. kicked the shit out of them in this game. And I feel like it's because the tone was set right off the bat. Not only did we have this offensive force that could hit you from any side from an athletic standpoint, but we also were taking Bridges and putting him on Luka and making it hard for Luka. You know, this game is Aiden versus Luka in the matchup. And Aiden came out with a purpose. He was, what, 8 for 8 from the field in the first half with 2 for 2 from 
the free throw line. So he was perfect in the first half at 18 points with five boards. And you look at Luka's day. Tell me if this isn't a Luka Doncic stat line. 21 points, six rebounds, two assists. That's no, what the Suns did to him. That's that that's is, what Bobra, the Bobra lineup, yeah. did to them. I love the Bobra. I love that. I love the Bobra, I love that. dude. Sounds like Cobra. Yes, Reminds exactly. Reminds me of Kobe. You know, it's good. Yeah. But with the matchup with Mikel, this is something oh, I wanted to... by the way, this. I'm copywriting that. Are you? All right. I should. Good luck. What was the other one? Uh, Kelly Toubre. Did you copyright that one no, too? No. Oh, okay. Nobody cares for that one. No one cares one. about so, that But Bobra, one. I got to put a little trademark thing on yeah. it every time I, I tweet it out. Mikel Bridges on Doncic was one of the biggest things I love. It's what I wanted them to do the first game. They did it a little bit, but starting him against him was a big thing. And I loved, even though Aiden got into foul trouble, to where you have Mikel up, up top getting uh, covering Luka, and then their screen comes over, and then the switch of Aiden on, du- Donch- on Ducic yeah, on Doncic is perfect because you know Aiden is a B plus, and I think he's a, he's been playing B plus defense. Yes, on per, on perimeter players for on sure. Perimeter. Yeah, he he cannot like you can't twist or you can't break this guy's ankles. He can stay on anybody. He has the quickest feet, the length. I mean, he had that block against uh, Trey Young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he can he can get up on guys and down low. Just keep your arms up, man. Make it difficult, and that's what I love the most about this game. Yeah, it was fun. I mean. The Suns uh, went into the game, as I mentioned on last week's podcast. They were 0-5 on Tuesday. They are now 1-5 on Tuesday. Thank you very much. Uh, they shot 59.3% from the field. This was their best shooting performance of the season by 6%. 34 assists, which was their third best performance of the year. They gave up 21.2% three-point shooting to the Mavericks. So I ask you this: Is that the Mavericks sucking at shooting three, or the Suns playing good yeah, defense both. on three? It's a combination. You think? Because they had a lot of wide open threes. They a lot did. Of, they did. They just missed it. They played the night before. I don't know when Doncic twists his ankle. Was I think it, it was in practice. Was after it in practice? This game. Okay. So I don't know if he was hurt even before or whatever. But um, the thing is with the whole second unit too. I don't know if yes. you want to go into this, but well, I was going to, especially the third quarter, because yeah. the third quarter was a historic third quarter. Or just quarter period for yeah. the Phoenix Suns. They had 48 total points, which is their highest total since 1991. Mm-hmm. Four times in, in in Suns history have they scored this many points in a quarter. Three of those came in the 1990-1991 season. Oh, wow. Isn't that yeah. crazy? Yeah, so this is the crazy. first time since the 1991 season period that the uh-huh. Suns have scored 48 points in a quarter. Team efforts. Saric had two. Tyler Johnson had three. Ty Jerome had four. Oubre had five. Aiden Bridges had seven each, and then Booker had twenty. So that kind of leads into your, <laughs> yeah. you know, the team as a whole playing yes. well. Yeah, they were. They had weird lineups because if I would have saw this and we're down, and I'm like, what? Why are you playing uh, two forwards? Are you're playing two front court guys and then three point guards? It's crazy. Yeah. But they are. They were moving around quick. They were getting the spots. They were pump faking. They were stopping. They were passing it off. They were taking it to the hole. Everyone was moving so fast, dude. They kept moving. That's what kept them on the floor. Mm-hmm. They were playing to their strengths. Like Javon Carter, I always thought, don't take a shot unless it's a wide open three. That's all he's doing. He's playing great defense along with it too. Ty Jerome, I mean, his three-point shot's great. I think he he can hit a corner three it's, once in a while. He's starting to play a lot better yeah, from downtown. I, he's trying to figure it out. And EJ always keeps talking about how he thought he could take his time coming back off of injury and you can't, you just gotta, you gotta, like you're going on the freeway, you gotta be 65, 
going down to the freeway before you get onto the freeway. Do you know what I mean? On the oh, on-ramp. Oh, yeah, because people That's coming way, 45 yeah. onto a freeway drives me absolutely nuts. It's like you're joining us going yeah. 70, 65, 75. Join us at our speed. We're not slowing down yeah. for your speed. And exactly. to that point, Tyler Johnson needs to yeah. go 75. Exactly, yeah. And that's what he's been doing the last two games. And I think that it's really telling when what happens when the ball is moving with this team. Again, 34 assists. And they were constantly moving the ball and cutting and moving and cutting. And when you see the Suns play like that, it's an effort thing. When they play like that, they garner results. It's when they start to get to some of that ball watching where guys run to the corner and just stand. Yeah. And then Booker's trying to do something over here. High screen with Aiden. That didn't work out. Pass out to Sarich at the top of the key. And then he hits the guy who's been standing there the whole time. There's no rhythm to standing there. But if you're running around and you're cutting all over the court, setting back screens, setting front screens, and then the ball comes to you, you're already in movement. Uh Now it's just a natural fluid shot versus Mm -hmm. just, you know, throw me the ball if I'm just standing in the corner and I'm going to miss it. Throw me the ball after I've run to the corner and I'm in the process of getting there and shooting it. My odds are going to be better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So we have to have that from the second unit. And what we also have to have. And they brought it. They did. And what we also have to have is mean Aiton just pissed off Aiden. That's the look on his face yeah, this whole game. Yeah, he was pissed this game. He was. And his quick decisions, like the .5, I saw this on Twitter too, the .5 second decision thing that Monte wanted the Suns to have. Yeah. Aiden had that. He touched the ball, made a move quick. Either he's going to go to the hole or he's going to shoot it. And I don't mind the mid-range shot, but when he hesitates, that's when it sucks. But if he can just make a quick move, dude, that's what he was doing. Well, he was when he hesitates, it allows the defense to get That's set. what I'm saying. Yeah. And they're not going to expect it too, especially from him when they watch him on film. They're like, oh, this guy just like will hold on to the ball. You know, he doesn't know what to do. He looks hesitant. This game, he was pissed, and he was going, he was going at him, man. No, it was fun to watch. Booker was really fun to watch in this game yes. too. His interior post offense is elite. There's about two or three times where he it got is. the ball and he just started back. He backs guards down and just owns them, straight owns them. Whether it's yeah. a fadeaway, whether it's a post move to the inside, whether it's <laughs> off the backboard in, he is really be an elite guard yeah. at posting people up which is not something anybody really talks about. I like to see Dame Lillard post somebody up. Uh, I, I think he can, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he can, and then he'll get blocked. It's I know, too, exactly. He's, he's too small. But Booker had 32 in this game, and I got to talk about his 30th point. For those of you who watched the game, you might remember, he did a jab step, a jab step, he pump fake, got the defender in the air, started driving to his left, and then popped back and then hit a step back 16-footer. Yeah. And it was just nasty. And you want to talk about somebody who patterns their game after the great and late Kobe Bryant. That play right there was Kobe all he, over He it. is Kobe. He is. He's, he's always been Kobe. And I know like the defensive end, he's not there yet. He doesn't have the length. He's not as tall as Kobe was. But his game is after Kobe. Kind of to echo your point and finish up the Dallas notes. Again, DeAndre Ayton looking mean out there. 31-9, and nine, which was his highest point total on the season. Yeah. Which brings us to the Oklahoma City Thunder game and the Suns, which happened on Friday night in Phoenix. OKC beats the Suns 111 to 107. And this is the first game since finding out that Booker would not be an all star. Mm-hmm. So he's going against the guy who beat him out, in my opinion, for the all star game. Yeah. And this is his chance to show the league and show Billy Donovan, hey, this is why you should have voted for me. Mm-hmm. Because I did see somebody, I think it was Dave King from Bright Side of the Sun, who interviewed Billy Donovan for the game and was asking what he was looking for in an all-star guard and he said somebody who you know elevates his team somebody who makes the team better and but at no point did he say like devin booker 
Yeah. So he clearly didn't vote for Devin Booker. Now he couldn't have voted for Chris Paul because he plays for him, but he didn't give that vote that vote to Devin Booker. But then who do you vote for? Russell Westbrook. Yeah, but John someone Morant. that motivates their team. That Russell Westbrook's someone who's having a hard time playing with. They're figuring out still, so there's no motivation on that team. It's just play, play your game and individually. That's what it's they're doing. It's all iso ball. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell. What does he do? Just shoot the ball, have four assists a game. Yeah, so I don't that's another him. guy. Booker had better numbers than him. I, how too. does he? Just because Utah's in there. I mean, Gobert. I just I think he deserved it. I do too. And that but how does Donovan Mitchell even make it? If some guy that just shoots the corner three or whatever. Well, it's like NBA that's not coaches. Even his game. Booker's the guy you throw double teams at every night, yet he's not an all-star. Like Billy Donovan, Booker gets the ball, double him. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, but he's not an all-star. I just make sure that he's doubled every time he gets the ball. And guess what? He still puts up the points. Yeah. Uh, I just see this stat. The only player in NBA history to average 25-plus points per game, six assists a game, and 50% field goals is not to be named an all-star. Devin Armani Booker, ladies and gentlemen. So, again, going into this game... Uh, I do kind of give credits to the fans for booing CP3 every time he got the ball. Even though it's not his fault. It's but. not, but, but I still think that that just kind of shows the education of the fans. They know that this is the guy who took his spot. It isn't his yeah. fault. And I don't agree with necessarily booing at him. No, I, I don't would think boo it's a cl- I would boo him. I don't think I'm it, mad. Yeah, I, I probably would have if I was I mean, there. the last thing on my notes I had at the end of that game was, uh, fuck CP3. <laughs> Sorry, but I don't mean it. I don't mean it literally. Like, yeah. I don't know him as a person at all. I'm just saying from what... I felt that's what I thought. No, and, and again, I feel like he robbed Devin Booker. I have a lot of feelings. <laughs> we'll talk about the end of the game, which I think was yeah. really an opportunity for Booker to show, it was. The, show the league why they missed out. Uh, but a couple things that I wrote in my notes on this game. One moment uh, that I really enjoyed was Ty Jerome and Javon Carter. I'm sorry. I love Javon Carter. Playing weak side defense. There were some screens going on the backside, and you yes. could see Javon Carter and Ty Jerome yelling at each other to ensure that the switches were happening. And and the reason I love this so much is because C4 is a great defensive player. He's proven that in college. In his two years in the NBA, he's proven that he is a, a very good defensive guard. But with a rookie out there, and they're going through back switches, and Oklahoma City's trying to set something up on the weak side a couple different times, his ability to communicate is educating that rookie. Yeah. This is how we play. We talk to each other. And I thought that was a very uh, telling moment for not only the future of the Phoenix Suns, but again, yeah. another reason why I love Javon Carter. Uh, there was 21 lead changes in this game. I mean, it was a back and forth game. Mm-hmm. You know, the, they went up, they went down, we went up, we lost the lead. Uh, unfortunately, we had that lead, I think it was like 99 to 92 yeah. in the fourth, and then we just crumbled. I mean, if yeah. it was 99 to 92, that means that Oklahoma City went on what a, a 22 to 8 run to end the game. Yep. It's kind of unacceptable, in my opinion, especially at home. I really felt DeAndre Ayton should have been more assertive in this game. Well, I think he was drunk. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> he, dude, he definitely was. Like, That's why I don't get too excited. He had the best game of his career against the Mavs. Yeah. But then I don't get too excited. I'm excited to watch him to see like maybe he can be consistent. But I even told you it's going to take years for him to be consistent yes. to find a game. But just the effort part of it, just like him, I don't know, it's like... It's a weird thing to see him out there because he just looks drunk some games where he just doesn't know where doesn't to go. Doesn't know where to go, And in yeah. some games, he's just like, give me the damn ball, I'm going to score. So I don't know what that is. Like, well, and Steven Adams was in foul in? trouble this whole game. Like, yeah. he should have feasted in this game. I think it's just, yeah. And he didn't. He had, didn't get his first rebound until the third quarter. That's not, I don't know what it is. I don't know, man. But the biggest thing in this game, number one, is Bill Russell was at the game. Yeah. Does anybody, I couldn't see anything on Twitter or like see why he was actually at the game. 
for the Suns game. My guess is the Phoenix opens in town. It's a beautiful that's time it. to be in Scottsdale. A lot I think of that's what it is. Are here right now. I think that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. Okay, I couldn't think of like why is he here? Like out of everybody in the NBA. The, the legends, Bill yeah. Russell's here. I yeah. thought it was awesome. I thought that was so cool. I work in North Scottsdale. All I do is deal with everything about the Phoenix Open. It's yeah. so annoying right now. I oh, can't wait okay. till Monday and it's all over. <laughs> uh, one thing I thought that you probably enjoyed in this game was TIE Fighters Engage. Oh, The TIE yeah, Fighters played well. They did. Okay, if you look at TIE Jerome, TIE Johnson combined the TIEs. They went 7 for 12 from the field and both went 1 for 2 from downtown and played some really good minutes. I mean, there was one play... Where Ty Jerome went around the right side and just took it to the basket and just like fuck it, I'm tired of, you know, getting yeah. getting denied going to the rim or getting cut off. I'm just mm-hmm. going for it. I mean, it wasn't the most amazing athletic play you've ever seen, but it just again a little bit of growth is appreciated with Ty Jerome. Yeah, because he's somebody we even talked about Jalen LeCue coming back maybe in Ty Jerome going down the G League, and as soon as we start talking about that, he comes out and starts playing this That's way because he listens to the pod, ladies yes. and gentlemen. Again, we'll talk about. Booker's chance to end this game, and I think that you know he just he had the shots. They were wide open. He had the shots. He he left a lot on the table. The fourth quarter, he went zero for four from the field. Yeah, zero for two from downtown. And I think the most telling play was he misses a shot that would have tied the game. Oklahoma City goes down. He fouls like a hack foul on CP3. Yeah, the guy who took his spot, he gives him two points, and then we go into. Actually, you know, having to play the the foul free throw game, uh-huh. and it was just kind of one of those telling moments for Booker where it's he, he's upset he didn't make the shot. And what was really frustrating at the end of this game is the Suns had some good shots and they just didn't fall. Rubio had a shot, just it's like yeah, they just it, want to go, it down. just wouldn't go down, yeah. and that's all we needed was one of those to fall, and it probably would have been a different outcome. But again, Booker had that opportunity to put the team or just tie the game, put the team on his back, and sh- and show the world, hey, I'm pissed mm-hmm. off. I'm an all-star, and he misses a shot, and his response is, I'm just going to instantly foul this guy. Yeah. I'm not going to play defense. I'm not going to put that effort in. I'm just going to foul this guy. Yeah. And that's what kind of upset me with last the the game last night. And yeah. I'm like, Booker, I mean, he ended with 27. He got his number. But the number that counts, L in the column, mm-hmm. 28th loss on the season. Yeah, and these are the games where it's like, if you win it, you make your point. Yes. And, and it's a big point. It's a big point. And every time he has a chance to do it, or the Suns do, it doesn't happen. Not yet, not this season. This is why the inconsistency, and that's one of the efficient and inconsistency is what we use. Efficient for Booker's play, inconsistency for the whole team itself. Or for the result. For the result. And this is why the Suns are not going to make the playoffs this year. And unless they have a, a miraculous trade, something happens, or... The second half after the All-Star break, everyone's cooled off and ready to go again. Maybe something happens there, but from what I'm seeing, this is not a playoff team at all. It isn't. Far and from that's, it. Again, that's where I kind of let off this podcast talking about that. What makes Week 15 so hard is you, you start the week by losing one of the greatest players to ever play. Yeah. Again, he was our enemy. We know Kobe Bryant very, very well because we watched him shred the Suns and get shredded a few times over a 20-year career in the Western Conference. But losing him is tough. Mm-hmm. Then you got a basketball game where it, it's inert. It doesn't feel like a basketball game. It almost feels like they shouldn't be out there. It, it was so melancholy watching that Grizzlies game. Then you have the excitement of the Dallas game, and you're like, oh, shit. This is us at our potential. Mm-hmm. This is what we could be. This is what happens when DeAndre Ayton 
does come out mad, when Devin Booker does say fuck you to the league, when our bench team comes out and isn't standing around watching one starter play while they all stand there. Instead, they're moving around and they're making plays for themselves. What's that followed by? Booker getting snubbed, and it, which is a kick in the nuts. You you watch this guy every night, and you're like, this guy's an all-star. He's consistent as all, yeah. as all hell. How's that followed up? By a game that not only they had a chance to win, but Booker could have put an exclamation point on. And at halftime of that game, you switch over the channels, and it's the Lakers' tribute to Kobe Bryant, which is just unbelievably emotional as well. So, I mean, week 15, I want to put this one behind us. You know, week 16 is going to be tough. I'm going to talk about that here in a second. But mm-hmm. any other thoughts on week 15? Do you have any weekly notes that you wrote down? The only other thing is just Book's comments about him missing the, the playoffs or yeah. missing the All-Star game. I'm, miss, I'm foreshadowing missing the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> well, is, those comments come later in the season. Yeah. It's just like how he just says, like, basically, it's an entertainment league, yada, yada. Kind of like Kyrie-esque a little bit. Kind of. Kind of. That's what it reminded me of. No one really pointed that out, but it kind of did. And maybe he does realize he needs to be somewhere else. Maybe that's what would make him happy. But in the long run, don't do what KD did. Don't go join a team, and then you're the third best player, and you still don't make the All-Star team because you're the third best player or the second best player. Just... I hope he realizes like he can do it here. I know it sucks because once he didn't make it, I'm like, oh, it's over. Booker's out of here. But I feel like he really does have the chance to make it here. And we saw signs in Aiden. So I just, I don't like the, the comments were okay. Well, but it's, it's the, I guess, I don't know if it's the best you can expect from Booker because he is disappointed. You know, it isn't the, the best response that you want. I think Monty's response was even better. Mm-hmm. Monty's response was like, hey, you know what? He didn't make the All-Star game. I'm not here about the politics. A lot of great players didn't make the All-Star game to start their careers, and they end up being Hall of Famers. And guess what? Dem Booker's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I and mean, that's come from the coach. I feel like that was a very appropriate response from, uh, from Monty there. Mm-hmm. Uh, some things that I wrote down for this week uh, is our bench production's hurting. And that's one thing that we, we don't really talk about a lot, and I feel, I feel like we should spend a little time talking about it right now. And I'll start with just this week alone. Against the Grizzlies, our bench was outscored 33-19. to 19. Against the Mavericks, our bench was outscored 58-33. to 33. And against the Thunder, our bench was outscored 36-27. to 27. So you have no Baines, no Kaminsky. Sark tweaked his ankle last night. Yeah. And Cam Johnson's been out for... I don't even know what's wrong. I don't with even know what's wrong with him. It's like I, th- I thought he had like a head cold. It's just he hasn't know. healed from it. But those are four players <laughs> yeah. who come in off your bench, and you could really use to get over some humps. And you know, you look at these games, and we're not losing these games by a lot. You know, if if these guys come in and they give you ten solid minutes each and add fifteen total points, guess mm-hmm. what? Those L's might be dubs. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that we should talk about is just. How the injury bug has has affected this team. I do think that you make a valid point. You know, the run and gun Phoenix Suns, the seven seconds or less era, used to do it with seven players. And but they're all guards. Like every yeah. guy who's hurt on our team is a big. Mm. I wish that we had a couple of these guys available for us. It's totally and it's so underlooked too, because no one even talks about the injuries. They don't. It makes such a big difference. Diallo, too, I feel like he's getting his chance, and I don't know what it is. Like, when these players now, I feel like Ty Jerome's coming around and Carter's coming around, but like when the players actually get a chance to play because of injuries, they don't, they don't fill the shoes that they need to. You know what I mean? Like, they don't put in the effort they did before when they got three or four minutes a game. It's like the effort's not there. I don't know if it's other teams figuring them out or not. 
Um, but the other thing that's really hurting us too, dude, is Ricky Rubio's play. And I almost didn't want to talk about it because I always feel bad for Rubio and he's so cute well, and little. Well, but think he's about how many times me. <laughs> think about how many times we mentioned him on this podcast. None. None. Here's the one note I have on Ricky Rubio that I wrote down. I didn't even bring it up. Ricky shaved his beard this week. Yeah. He trimmed it down. He trimmed it down. Like, that's the highlight of the week for Ricky Rubio. He's he, he's kind of fallen into the mix. He's I don't know what, what's going on. A lot of his playmaking when he's down the court, I never have to worry about him finding Aiton or finding the open player, but he always has his back turned the wrong way. There's, yes. there's plays where Aiton's wide open, the mismatch, but he's not getting him the ball. Like, yeah, he he's looking out him. this way. He's looking out to his left when Aiton's wide open down I know. right. I see that all the time now. So I'm like, I don't know if it's just still getting used to each other, which should not be happening. They should be on the same page by now. I, I feel like that's part of it because when I see Ricky Rubio drive to the hole and look for Aiton, he's not confident when he throws that pass to him. No, he's not. It's up. It's too high. It's behind him. You see that's them on the, the court. That's the way it's been this last couple weeks. Yeah. and I just Ever I'm, since he had his kid, like I don't. everything's been little off. Maybe he's staying up all night. You well, know? I'm sure he is. And it's, I even tweeted about that. Like he's been up all night probably with the kid. And you know, he's he for me, he seems like a guy that would want to be with his kid as much as he can. So mm-hmm. when they were playing at home, he's probably up the night before with his kid. Perhaps. So I don't know I don't know, man. I'm just reaching for things with him because I don't know what's going well, on. Well yeah, it's almost like he's not out on the court. Yeah. Even like on his bad games, he would average like the Rajon Rondo like stat line, which is like 10, 10, 10, 10. Yes. You know what I mean? And that's all we need for Yeah, him. that's all we need. But and we're not getting there. We're not, we're not even getting, getting close there, to that. Dude. Again, just kind of close out the point on the bench. One thing that's different about the Suns than almost every other team we play is we just don't have that one guy who comes off the bench and is gangbusters. Mm-hmm. Like you go against Oklahoma City last night, it's Schroeder who has 24 points. Yeah. You go against Memphis and they have Brandon Clark coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, every team has that one guy who comes in and you're, he's guaranteed to get like 15 or 25, or maybe it's just them against the Suns. But he's a guaranteed 15 and a maximum of like 25. And we just don't have that guy from night to night. You don't know who's going to come in off the bench and play well. So, again, I think that's when we talk about trades, that's another opportunity for us to pick somebody up who can help out in that area because that's an area that we're hurting. Uh, Our three-point shooting was good this week. We went 39.5%. So the three ball is looking better. There's still a lot of area for opportunity on that mm-hmm. because we don't shoot it enough or make enough. Mm-hmm. My fun fact of the week, the Suns made nine threes against the Thunder on Friday. Mm-hmm. When the Suns make under 10 three-pointers in a game, they're 5-10. and 10. Oh, wow. Again, that's where that opportunity lies for the team is, mm-hmm. is hitting some three balls. We just can't do it consistently. <laughs> no, we we shot better this week, so you feel like it... it you're heading the right direction, but we're still just not there. Yeah. Uh, week 16 preview. Here's what we have coming up this next week. We actually have four games this next week. So Sunday at noon, on Super Sunday, real quick, before we get to the at Milwaukee game on Sunday, tomorrow is Super Sunday. Yeah, what's, what's your prediction for the big game? The Chiefs. Okay. You know why? I actually had the Niners, but now everyone's going Niners. So now I'm going <laughs> to do going against it. Because that's the, what happens. What's the final score? Uh, I think forty-four to forty-four. Wow. Yeah. I'm going. Win. I'm going twenty. <laughs> twenty-three to twenty. Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. All right. So, but before that game kicks off, we have the Suns playing what time at do they Milwaukee play? noon. They play at noon. Noon tomorrow. All right. So Suns versus the Bucks. The Bucks are the best team in the NBA at forty-one and seven. Eric Bledsoe, our old buddy, we get to see yeah. him tomorrow. Any thoughts against playing it at Milwaukee tomorrow? 
Um, do we even want to watch it? I'm going to watch yeah. it. I'm going to watch it. I mean, we have to watch it because we do a podcast. No, so. I got to watch it because I love the Suns. And guess what? I get to see the Greek Freak oh. for the first time this season where I get That's to watch true. the whole game. I haven't, I haven't watched them really. Good, bad, or indifferent. You get to watch an amazing talent. And you yeah. have to respect amazing talent, even if you don't like them. Rest in peace, Mamba. <laughs> The, the game following that is Monday at 5.30, and that's at Brooklyn. They're 21 and 26, and 7th in the East. Winnable. Winnable for sure, and we get to see the ugliest court in the NBA. I still love that court. Dude. I hate that court. Even when they have the color on it, it looks good. Ugh. I love it. I feel like it looks like a black and white TV court. Yeah, it's Like awesome. I'm watching something from the 50s, and then there's like, all of a sudden they'll put like a little piece of color on it. You're like, is yeah. something wrong with my HD television? No, it looks good. Yeah, I think it looks dumb. Uh, following that on Wednesday at 5 p.m., we're at Detroit, who is 17 and 33 and the 11th seed in the East. So they're us, but in the mm-hmm. East at the 11th seed. Any thoughts on Detroit? Uh, I wish, uh, no, I don't have any thoughts. I mean, I don't even watch, I stopped watching basketball after uh, Booker got snubbed. So. so, do you have any thoughts about Detroit prior to Booker getting snubbed three days ago? Yeah, I'm a big fan of nobody on the. I'm just kidding. Blake Griffin's out still, right? Yep, Correct. Yep. Yeah. So that's an underdog for an MVP candidate from last year that I had. Uh, besides that, uh, I don't have any. Well, I'm a big fan of Andre Drummond. DeAndre Drummond. Andre Drummond. I know. Yeah. Okay. It would be nice to have DeAndre and Drummond play yeah. together. A bunch of tradable people. On well, and I know players. exactly, and I yeah. know that Detroit's probably looking. I mean, we're two eleven seeds, so we're probably looking to make some deals. Uh-huh. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what it would take to get Drummond here. Maybe that's something we'll discuss on the Trade Time podcast. Yeah. Uh, but but last night, DeAndre Drummond, twenty one points, twenty rebounds. DeAndre Drummond, dude. DeAndre Drummond. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last game of the week is next Friday. That is a home game against the fifth seed in the West, who is currently 30-18, and 18, and that is the Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. And I was watching a little bit of the Rockets and Mavericks game last night, and again, I've said it before, I'll say it again, I cannot stand watching the Houston Rockets play basketball. Yeah, Iso ball, drive, kick, iso ball, drive, kick, drive, bullshit foul, free throws. <laughs> like, yeah. that's their offense. I, know. I saw th- about three plays where James Harden just runs right in. A guy will be standing there. James Harden just runs into the guy, and it's a foul on the other yeah. guy, and he because he just throws his head. I mean, James Harden has you got to give it to him. He's figured out the little intricacies of the NBA that allow for fouls to be called, mm-hmm. and it's bullshit. It's the most bullshit thing Bullshish. to watch on television, and that's Friday. So I like watching him. You do? No. Okay. Because we always that no. It's, he's fine. I respect him just like Kobe. Like, I, I respect. I him always too. respect him being the best at what he does, and that's what he strives to be. And just like Kobe, I didn't like watching him play either. I didn't oh, like really? watching Lakers games oh. because it was Kobe ball. It was just him shooting. I mean, yeah. he he to get his sixty points in his final game, he shot the ball fifty times. That's not entertaining to me. I like. Yeah. It, what was the most exciting game for the Suns this this uh, this week? The one against Dallas, in which they were moving the ball around a ton, right? Mm-hmm. That's basketball. That's what I enjoy. Understood. I'm done scolding you now for being incorrect. All right. Our upcoming podcast for next week. So we're going to do something a little different breaking next news. week. Really? Yeah. You it's got some breaking that, news over there? Yeah. So breaking news. Jalen LeCue has been recalled from uh, NAZ Suns. Oh, get out of town. Yeah. LeCue's coming up? So they're thinking maybe the dunk contest. That's what I got a question mark right here. Ooh. Yeah. I could tell, hey, did you see that uh, jam he had last night? Yeah, I've seen a lot of them. Yeah, dude. he had one yeah. where he went up and he did like a reverse jam. Savage. So he'll be like our airplane mode Jones. Yes. So just come in and. In case your yeah. phone goes yeah. off, airplane mode Jones. Yeah. Well, I, the injuries we've had too. Sarich must be out. 
Okay. Extended period of time. So maybe that's why he's joining the Suns. Fantastic. Well, there you go. Breaking news here breaking on the Solar news. Report podcast. So when you Jay hear this, Hughes it's not breaking up. news. No, but we, we heard it here first heard with it. you. Yeah. <laughs> Two hours later. Sorry. But again, uh, upcoming podcast next week. We're doing things a little bit different. On Tuesday, we're going to be doing the My Top 3 All-Time Suns Trades. That's going to come out on Tuesday. And then we're going to do Trade Time Volume 4 on Thursday. Mm-hmm. I do apologize to all you Solar Report podcast fans. We did have everything recorded for Trade Time Volume 4 on this for this past Tuesday, but my computer crashed and all I had were very weird files. Uh, seen as the trade deadline for the NBA is on February 6th. So we will release that. Uh, we'll, we'll do a phone call and we'll talk yeah. about everything that's kind of going down leading up to the trade deadline. And we'll release that the night of the trade deadline on February 6th. So those are our upcoming podcasts. Uh, again, thank you for tuning into the Solar Report. We are looking forward to announcing some changes that should be happening yes. uh, this upcoming week. And they don't have to do with the Phoenix Suns. They have more to do with our podcast and the distribution and some of the accessibility of the pod. So we're super excited to announce that hopefully here in the next uh, couple days. But again, that's it from me, myself, and I. John Voida for the Solar Report Podcast. Thank you again for, for pressing play and tuning in. Matthew, any final words for the folks on week 15? Um, like I always say, just go home, love your family. And if anything, Kobe taught us even more to go home, love our family.